I get pitching to matchups. I really do. I get sliding relievers around to where they're needed the most. I really do. I get that it's not 1962 anymore. I really do. However, however, there are some things from baseball in the very recent past that still make sense and still ought to apply. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll additionally check out. Brewers 3, Pirates 2 yesterday at PNC Park. One of those that makes you wonder why, why, why you even bother to tune in. I don't just mean to the game yesterday. I mean to this show. Why would you possibly want to hear more about that game and in particular that ending? But there it was. Pirates clawed back late. Took the lead. 2-1 to one after getting just a terrific start from Jose Quintana. David Bednar takes the mound for the eighth with that lead. He does what he does. I don't even need to tell you. And then Chris Stratton comes on and wasn't nearly as good. Not from the pitching standpoint. And oh, by the way, not from the fielding standpoint. Christian Yelich came up as a pinch hitter. And Yelich, who's really good at this, put down a bunt, which is something for a former National League MVP. But he's got that speed. He's coming out of the left side of the box. And and he beat it out while Stratton looked... Ah, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not lazy, but just looked like kind of lax coming off the mound like he was going to have all day to make this play. And to his credit, Stratton was his worst critic afterward. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's kind of what they do is they do a good job of trying to put the ball in play. And, you know, Yelich, you know, getting a butt down right there. Uh, I wish I, I didn't really know how much time I had. So, um, in hindsight, I wish I would have gotten rid of it a little bit quicker there. Uh, maybe give me a better chance. But Okay, fine. So it's a bunt single, whatever. Get over it. But Colton Wong is up next. Colton Wong destroys the Pirates, no matter what uniform he's wearing. And he singles. Then Omar Narvaez comes off the bench as a pinch hitter. He had gotten the day off from his catching duties. And he loads the bases up. And then Kutch comes up and just narrowly gets one off of the glove, leaping glove attempt of Josh Van Meter. And that was it. And Pirates lose. And within that, you can ask yourself, okay, what about this little player, that little player, the couple that I've highlighted here, one in particular? Or you can ask yourself if maybe over the course of 50 years of there being a closer, a true closer, the Pirates are anywhere near being good enough to be thinking about breaking free of concepts like that. And yeah, it's convenient to ask in one direction or the other, depending on your pre-existing stance on this. Mine is that I like the idea of the flexible back end of the bullpen. I like the idea of Bednar and Stratton being somewhat interchangeable based on matchups. 
Let me tell you what I don't like. What were the matchups that Derek Shelton was seeing here? What did I miss here? Well, first of all, here's the manager's own explanation for his usage in the back end. No, I mean, we went exactly what we wanted to do. We got the exact people on line. I mean, I think today it ran about as well as it could have scripted, and we just didn't complete the game. So to make sure I'm giving full context here, when Bednar came in, he faced Rowdy Telez, Tyrone Taylor, and Lorenzo Kane. Telez is hitting 211, Taylor's hitting 195, Kane is at 140. He barely exists anymore except for his defense. So you knew going into the ninth, and you knew this quite a bit back, that you'd see Yelich as a pinch hitter. You knew that you'd see Wong, and you had at least a decent idea that Craig Council would put his main catcher out there instead of his backup catcher to hit. I'll ask again, what was this favorable set of matchups? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Let me tell you one tendency of Shelton's that I don't like. And there's a lot that I do like about this manager and this man. But one tendency of his that I find to be off-putting is that when he's presented with some newfangled concept, and remember, he is still very much a product of the old school, but even the old school guys who are hired to be big league managers right now are required not just to adopt new concepts, but to embrace them. And Shelton has been very much a good student in this regard. When they tell him, hey, this opener thing, this is the way to go, and here's why, and here are 5 billion metrics to support it, he he goes all in. He's not pretending. He's not faking. He's not doing the stuff that Clint Hurdle was doing. Let's put it another way. Clint had no use for most of that stuff, and I'm not guessing at that. But Clint was, you know, uh, the dependable soldier in that regard. Shelton, what he'll do is he'll take these concepts which are often generalized and presume that they are gospel. Well, if we flip our closer and our setup guy in this situation, then we will look very newfangled. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is what I'm talking about. And and it's not an attractive trait. I, I get it. You don't want to name a closer because of these moving parts There are situations, bases loaded, two outs in the seventh, where you say to yourself, listen, if I bring in Bednar here, these bases are going to stay loaded and David can stay out for the eighth. It makes sense. But when you do it just for the sake of doing it, and I'm going to repeat, there's nothing here of substance to support the decision that they made. And by they, I mean 
Shelton, Don Kelly, Oscar Marine, whoever all would be involved in this at field level, then there's nothing else for me to think. You know, I, there, there isn't a, uh, oh, well, there was this other reason. Maybe a certain pitch that Stratton throws with a certain spin rate is really effective against Yelich and Wong and Narvaez. But no, these were these were matchups that he thought that these were favorable or he said that after the fact. The closer is still a thing around baseball. And the closer is that because everyone in baseball has agreed for half a century that the final three outs are the toughest to get, that you don't make mental mistakes if you're tougher, that you're more weathered for the scope of the challenge of getting the final three outs. There is no one who can convince me otherwise of this from any sort of statistical standpoint because I've spent an awful lot of time talking to people who partake in baseball at the highest level. And they will tell you themselves that the final three outs are the hardest to get. So if Stratton's out there messing up a bunt that comes his way, and he, by the way, is a pretty good fielding pitcher, maybe, you know, wasn't really feeling it in the ninth inning or feeling some pressure. One run lead, team just got that lead. He's now entrusted with that lead instead of the guy pitching in the inning before him who's clearly a lot better than he is. And he messes up. And then it affects him. And the next couple of guys get hits. And Kutch gets a hit. And the game is over. I'm just saying that discarding older ideas, older theories, and older practices regarding baseball is fine as long as you can back it up. And this, this wasn't that. When we come back, just one question. Time for J1Q, and today's comes from Bob, who asks, why is Josh Van Meter on the roster at all and playing? Bob, I haven't had an answer regarding Josh Van Meter from the day they acquired him. Uh, It made no sense. The last thing this roster needed was another terrible-hitting utility infielder who's not of an age where he could contribute to anything down the road. It made no sense. There's some sort of love affair that this management team, led by Ben Charrington, has for these Josh Marisnicks and Van Meters that I just don't get. I mean, they have, you know, Cole Tucker and Diego Castillo who can play all over the place, and Castillo can actually hit a little bit. You have guys in the minors who have a similar profile. Don't forget about Rodolfo Castro. He still exists after the uh, spectacular introduction to his big league career that he had in 2021. I have a feeling this is just one of those situations where a GM has a certain affinity for a type of player that when they see them out there, they go, oh, got to add him, got to add him. 
even when they make no sense on the roster. And Van Meter, you know, he hit the home run in Milwaukee off of Corbin Burns, and that was impressive. He took it to left center, no less, going the other way, 410 feet. And if you look over his career, he's got 14 homers in about 520 at-bats. So you think there's maybe some power there or whatever, but come on. You know, and he booted a ball up there in Milwaukee, too. And this one, I don't know if you want to blame him, but when Shelton was asked about the the liner off of Andrew McCutcheon's bat that ended up winning the game and it skipped off of Van Meter's glove. Shelton said he thought it was going to get caught when it went off the bat. Well, you know, so did everybody else. And it wasn't. Why are these guys even playing? You know, this is, you know, you see certain things that the Pirates are doing on various fronts that make you think, okay, this is a good plan. This is the right way to approach this. Within a year or two, a lot of these things are going to align, and it's going to make sense, and everyone's going to give them a pat on the back, and it's going to be deserved. Okay, I'm among those people. I lean very much in that direction, if only because we have seen a talent influx into the system. It hasn't really hit Pittsburgh yet, but we've seen it into the system, and that's where it needed to go. And some of that talent, a good portion of it, is of the high ceiling variety, meaning they also come with high risk. But they can get not just better, but a lot better if things go right. Wonderful. Great. But there's also little stuff like this that makes you just go, what? Seriously? Why is Josh Van Meter here? And to echo your own question, and playing I don't have that answer. I just don't. I'm sorry. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who, for whatever reason, listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. I have no idea why, but I'm probably going to reach the point pretty soon where I just say, stop listening to this. It's not healthy for you. But in the meantime, we'll be back Monday and do it all over again.